This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hawkside Guns Podcast, and uh, we are continuing our series, our shotgun series, and we're continuing this one with buying a used shotgun, which if there was anything that we had some experience on, this particular subject would be it. I am uh, joined, of course, by Buona, as always. Hello. Buying a used shotgun, which is, quite honestly, uh, we just got back from uh, Premier Gun Show in Mesquite. I yes. believe uh, today. Yes, Mesquite. Uh, we just love to go and and peruse shotguns at this point. At this point, I have, well, many. Uh, <laughs> More than even me. Yeah, many. Uh, used, well, I got a couple. Used shotguns. Uh, so uh, it's, it's one of our favorite activities. You can do it uh, despite what anybody tells you. You can do it for a couple hundred bucks. Um, depending on what you can, or depending on what you want, less than that, it's a good activity. It's it's probably they are some of shotguns can be some of the cheapest weapons to to get into at a show, depending on what you're getting. And it's a for us for the last couple of years, it's been a fun way to spend a morning, uh, just cruising gun shows and 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 perusing uh, everyone's wares. Yeah, the used shotgun market is is kind of unique. It shifts. From gauge, occasionally uh, they're really heavy on 12 gauges. Uh, then they turn around and, and all of a sudden everybody's got a 20. Uh, so it does kind of shift a little bit. Uh, it's not the same uh, makers. It's not the same assortment. It's not the same everything. Uh, so if you don't find what you're actually looking for the first time, um, just wait. Put your money back in your pocket and uh, try again next time. Uh, we've had we've had guns that we've tried to find for close to two two and a half years. Yeah, and then we found fun some where we said, "What are we looking for?" And we both said what we were looking for, and we'll never find the same. You know, we'll never find that one into twelve, one into twenty, and walked in and walked out with both guns. So it it does vary. But what we want to talk about today is uh, some of the things you can do uh, when you actually try and purchase a used shotgun at a show or from anybody for that matter uh but there's some things that we've learned just out of hand um what to look for what not to look for what really matters and and what matters a little less uh and a lot of it still depends on the two things that we always harp on uh now the first one is always what are you going to do with it uh the second one is a little unique to to this cast which is what kind of skill set you to have to fix it? Um, doesn't require that much, uh, but you need to have a little bit, we're going to talk about, uh, a little bit of idea of what you can and can't fix before you start uh, walking up to a table. And there are, if you, especially if you go to a gun show, there is a potential for many tables. Uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we have... Oh, many shows. Uh, uh, there's a, a series of shows uh, put on by Premier that are some of the largest in, in within two or three states. Uh, we're very lucky that way. Uh, the, the absolute largest one has 1,200 
I yeah. think Tables, and that's the Fort Worth gun show. Uh, Referred to as the Fort Worth the, gun show. Yeah, the Fort the Worth for- gun show. Takes you $10 just to park. You yeah. know, they're real <laughs> proud of that one. <laughs> that one we, we actually don't go to that one as much as we, we used to. In fact, I don't think we've been in a year. Uh, or close just to. Under, yeah, just yeah. under a year. Uh, and, and the reason has been, you know, the kind of guns that we're looking for and, and things like that. So there's a lot to do with, with what you're looking for, which shows are probably yeah, best there are, there are a lot of, of uh, specimens at a gun show. A little, probably, probably a little bit less at a, a uh, dealer or a gun shop. A gun shop has, um, you know... Quite honestly, le- unless it's like some kind of uh, mega dealer, probably has way less. Even than a small gun show has less guns, especially when you're talking about shotguns, because they're going to be divided up into you know they sell pistols and rifles and shotguns and and uh, all kinds of things. So the the amount that you're going to see is probably always going to be larger at a show because you have many dealers, many gun shops, many many collectors and all uh, from all walks and all all kinds of places bring their wares to a gun show. And and the the point is well taken. That's not the only place to go. And if you are getting uh, a used weapon from from a dealer, uh, some of these points will help you at least talk some of the price down a little bit because you're going to have a list. And, uh, you know, they, they normally price them to make a, a reasonable profit, which is fine for everybody. I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, but sometimes what they purchased uh, to resell is not exactly the quality that, that you might find other places. So as you run down that list of things that, that may or may not be wrong with the, with the gun, um, you know, each time you find one, it's, that's a little bit off. And that may be okay. Uh, it depends on what you're getting and what it is that you want, what you're going to use it for. But one of the things that, and this is uh, what we did uh, years ago, and it's still what we do today. Before you purchase anything, a shop, a gun show, anything, walk around. See what they have. See everything they have. Right? There's, it's, there's a, there's a, a false sense of urgency that happens uh, a lot of times. And and sometimes, you know, once or twice you may get burned on this, but there is this sense of urgency that just kills you. Like, I need it. Somebody else is going to buy it because I want it. Yeah, we, we got we, the... the <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's kind of speaking from experience here. He was looking for, for a lovely 12-gauge uh, 870. Yep. And uh, we had just walked into the show. It was the first aisle. And uh, he found this beautiful Wingmaster, Remington 870 Wingmaster, uh, in 12-gauge. Uh, it was a little older uh, yeah, shotgun. It's, it's pretty old. It's from it the 60s. Had, yeah. Cuts compensator 50s, on it. Yeah. which, which oh. Kind of, oh, I loved it. He loved it, but it does kind of date the shotgun. Yeah. Uh, it's it, like it, 40s and 50s. Yeah, it know? was like when I was a kid. They were doing <laughs> cuts compensators. There's nothing wrong with it. It still has adjustable chokes and everything, but, but it yep. does kind of date. The shotgun. This one was done very well. There are some that had not done done so well, but it was like you know, like the fourth table in, 
down the the first right, yeah, aisle. Yeah, first aisle. And there were and this was uh this was one of the bigger shows. I mean, there were hundreds of tables to go. Uh, you, we and, hadn't really started. I yeah. mean, you know, <laughs> and we did what we always did, which is you put it back and you you like, okay, well, we'll think on that and you know, walk the rest of the show. So, we started down the rest of the show. We finished oh. that aisle and we go back and forth. So, we started up the next or the adjoining aisle, came back up. Well, as we passed the back of, of the looking to make we sure it's at. still there. He paused and kind of looked a little bit, but we kept walking. There was nothing there. You know, yep. I noticed, but it was not a big deal. We were in now the third aisle, and now he paused and he looked, and, and there was somebody handling the shotgun. And he keeps going. Sean, you okay? You, you, you all okay? Right? You doing this? No, right. I'm okay. So I'm okay. we went down fine, the end of the third aisle and got to the fourth. And when we got to the fourth, came back up where, where this table was. Now, three aisles away, he was looking over people's heads, straining, <laughs> and he could see the cuts compensator, which is all he was looking for, and he had completely stopped. I mean, just in the middle of the aisle. So I had, I, you know, you want to go get it now? Yes, let's yes. go get it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not fine. It's we gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> so we walked back over, and it was cheap too. I mean, it was it was kind of banged up, and the wood needed some. Some work and, you know, it's, it needs some other things. But, God, it was just, it was perfect for what I wanted to do, which is a semi-project gun. It had a lot of history to it, and it had that compensator on there. It looked mean and everything. Oh. And I think it I had a strap. I had oh, a strap. Yeah. Yeah. Stra- yeah. sling rings Put it on over it. the top. The cuts compensator and a strap. $35 yeah. worth of accessories. Yeah. <laughs> no, the cuts is more than that. It's oh, like, yeah, well, okay. It's like $50 uh, worth of accessories. <laughs> closer to 70 in real life, but that's all right. You put a nice strap on it. Yeah, I did put a nice strap on it. And it had sling rings, which I completely replaced and all that stuff. So, but, yeah, it was like 180 bucks or something for a Wingmaster. I believe it was under $200. Yeah, it was. It was. Sure. It was under. It was $180. Um, and it, for a Wingmaster, which was, the uh, you know, one of the highest grades Remington did for the 870. Um, for a long time, uh, I think they probably have better than that now. But but for a long time, Not it was much. it was it in an eight seventy. Yeah, in an eight seventy, it was it had a had a had a rib on it. Had a rib. Had the, the rib the, and the cuts did well. Whoever mounted it, yeah, did, did I mean a nice it did, job with did it. great. Uh, so I was thoroughly pleased, and I walked around the rest of the show with an eight seventy. I wouldn't put it in the car. I would. Are you sure you want to walk around with that all day? Yep, I'm fine. It's got it. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> And that was a that was a cash only table too. So I mean, it was it was like no tax, no nothing, you know. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about what we did when we walked back to look at it. Very true. Um, one of the things, like we said, the one of the first things is is walk around the show, uh, see you know what you're looking for, see see what's there, right? Get a feel, especially if this is your first show. Get a feel for like the kinds of conditions you're willing or you're you're gonna expect. Uh, the kind of of conditions that you might expect for the type of gun you're going to get, and um, when you find one, uh, as Bon is saying, when you find one that okay, I would be willing to consider this. I would be willing to to invest in in this particular gun, be it either price or work, right? Whatever it is, whatever. Yeah, you're maybe sometimes it. both. Uh, let me let me take a look at this. There's a couple things you need to do to take a look at it. There's going to be, regardless of, of what kind of, of shotgun you're looking for, there's two things that are going to catch your attention first. One is the wood. The other is the metal. So let's start there. Let's take one at a time. What do you want to do first? You're the, 
you're the wood guy. You want me to take the metal? Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the wood. All right. So one of the things that that you need to look at as as you look down a a potential purchase of a used shotgun uh, is obviously the barrel, whether it's one barrel or two. But we'll start with a single barrel. And you're going to see some things that you may or may not like. It may have some pitted rust on it. May, pits may be very small. They may be a little large. There may be some rust spots on the receiver. The receiver may be uh, not quite pristine. It may have some scratches on it. Um, then you're going to look down the barrel, uh, the outside of the barrel. Now, why are we doing that? We're going to spin that gun all the way around 360 degrees, and we're going to do that, and what we're looking for is bulges, okay? Um, one of the things that can happen to a shotgun is it can kind of expand in the barrel as you fire it, and that's normally due to uh, a constricted uh Whatever, either you're shooting the wrong kind of ammunition in it, uh, there was something in the barrel, um, yeah, whatever. There are several yeah. things that can actually cause it, but a bulge is uh, bad. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It is a weak spot on the barrel. Now, just because it has a bulge doesn't mean we need to put the weapon back right away. Um, there are. Or a dent. A dent is the same thing. If somebody put a dent in the barrel, now you're you're forcing a constriction. Uh, so either way, there are dent removers made for shotguns, and most gunsmiths have them, and and will pull a dent out for you um, for not a lot of money. So the dent is much less of an issue than is the bulge. Uh, the bulge is kind of tough. If you if you have a, a gun in your hands and you do see a bulge. Um, you really only have about one choice, and that's to cut it back from uh, behind the bulge. So in other words, from the receiver to to the end of the barrel, you're going to cut that bulge out of there from the end of the barrel towards the receiver. So you just cut the bulge out. Now you've shortened the barrel, uh, sometimes considerably. So you need to consider whether that level of shortness is something that, that would work for you for what you were looking at the, the shotgun for. Um, skeet guns, clays, uh, upland game, anything from an improved cylinder to a cylinder gun works just fine. So uh, you are cutting the choke out of the out of the barrel. Do keep that in mind, too. So, you know, there's some things that you can look at. Uh, as far as how far back the bulge is, normally they're down near the end of the barrel. So they're they're normally right near the constriction near the end. If it's a, a variable choke, adjustable choke, a screw-in choke, um, you have the potential of cutting the choke out of the gun. And that, that can be significant to you because uh, that changes your ability to change the pattern on the shotgun. So if you're going to use it for more than one thing, You've already heard that we like screwing chokes. Um, so that, that may be a, a showstopper for you. But to be fair, your favorite gun. It is. It is. Is, it is. is a cut down 870 with no choke. It's a tube. It is indeed. And uh, it is my favorite gun. And I do use it for nothing but clays. Um, obviously, skeet and sporting clays versus 
uh, trap because uh, it's a little open for a trap gun. Um, we <laughs> we have bit. a Browning BPS for that. <laughs> so <laughs> I have I have one, but just not that one. Uh, yeah. So barrel bulges, barrel dents, mm, yeah, pretty serious. Um, normally we put them back on the rack, but it depends on the rest of the gun. We talked about rust a little bit and rust pitting. Now what you're going to want to consider is the depth and the amount of pitting that's that's in the barrel. And we're here we're talking on the outside, not the inside. If there is rust and pitting on the inside, both Sean and I have a tendency, regardless of anything else, to put it back on the rack. We there's not a lot you can do with it. You can there are some tools that are available to let you uh, basically sand them out and steel wool them and, and smooth them out. And what it is is just a spring-loaded rod, basically, that, that opens up. And you put either sandpaper or, or steel wool on it to get those pits out. But And we've done it. it we have. Uh, uh, and and it, does, it does make it better, and, and it is nicer. But now I worry about the bluing in the barrel. Okay, because the the barrels are normally hot blue, so they're blued on both the inside and the outside, and uh, I'm not I'm not excited about those kind of things. It's yeah. you can't really do it um, well. You can't reblue the inside of the barrel well. F- suffice it to say, if if it is a pitted inside the barrel. And you can see it. And you really want it. You're going to need a gunsmith to really yeah, make it yeah, right. Probably. I'm not sure that I would even recommend that you... you yeah. Uh, put it, uh, putting it back would be way easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is normally what we do. But, yeah. again, it's your decision, but it is a make-break decision. It's not like... That one's a big uh, one. It's not like, you know, pitting on the outside that we're going to talk about you can get to, okay? You can do a lot with, with steel wool, a little bit of sandpaper, and, and some polish. Um, for not a lot of money and yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, I make Sean cold steel or cold blue all of my shotguns, uh, cause it stinks up my house and my wife yells at me. <laughs> so I bring it over to his house and then I go, Hey, we have anything to drink? I had to go to the John. And by the time I get out, he's already started and three quarters of the way finished. Yeah. Uh, we can, uh, well, our friends at Birchwood Casey make a fantastic product line of, of, you know, stripping, you know, a uh, uh, cleaner, degreaser, bluing agents, all that kind of stuff that you can cold blue a shotgun in not a lot of time or fix spot problems or anything yeah. like that. In, including um, the entire barrel. If the entire yeah. barrel is, is, you know, lightly rusted and pitted, this is really not that big of a deal. No, um, it's not. It looks not terrible. Gonna, yeah, but. It, it does. And, and it's, you're going to find that the rust in the pit doesn't necessarily go back in towards the uh, chamber in the receiver part of the shotgun because that was housed inside the receiver. So that part of the barrel is probably not really damaged very much at all. And and also if the uh, to to go along with that, if the barrel, you know, if it's a, a blued barrel and you notice it's got a lot of it's just been silver, you know, and it's well, just the bluing's been, rubbed off. Yeah, basically. the bluing's rubbed off. That's all it is. You can put it back inside of a looks, half hour. Looks great. Looks incredible, as a matter of fact. Um, the 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 cold bluing that we do here, um, I'll, I'll stack up against anything but a fresh out of the box factory blue. Uh, they they've really improved the product. Uh, Fifteen twenty years ago, they were not quite as. Uh, what do I want to say? The the quality of the chemicals wasn't quite the same as it is today. 
Uh, boy, today, I I didn't believe it when we blew our first one because I'd done one like about 30 years ago. And uh, I said, you're not going to like this. It's, it's You're not going to like this. I don't like it. You're not going to like it. And he said, well, let's just try it. And we uh, called up YouTube and got the process down. And uh, sure enough, it it was much, much better. Perhaps I was a little more talented now than I was 30 <laughs> years ago. And, of course, with him looking over my shoulder, uh, I was not interested in making too many mistakes. But Because not that he would ever say anything. No. But you would hear it for, for weeks and months, uh, days at a time. And, anyway. and Yeah, and being the more artistic of the two of us, oh, yeah. I'm more meticulous, that. we shall say, in the coloring category. Uh, but... Uh, whenever we're going to do some machine work, it goes to Buana's house. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in it in, and you'll have to get your mind right. If you're buying a used, uh, any used gun really, but especially shotguns, um, shotguns more than a lot of other types of guns, um, spend some time outdoors. They live kind of a tougher life. There's a lot more utilitarian uses for them. So they have very, even if the person who had that gun before you, may have done something completely different than what you plan to do with it. And it may have lived a completely different life. So you can see rack marks up. where you would never put a gun in a rack. Yeah. Uh, you can see tie-down marks where it was tied against uh, uh, the fender of a trailer or, or a tractor. You know, um, yeah, things may be scratched in weird places because they leaned it up against a tree. For snakes like, you, you know, know yeah. bad, bad. <laughs> so... I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that happens to them. You know, I, I just did a gun here recently uh, that came into my hands that was like lived on the side of a tractor for 40 years, um, 50 years. It was ugly. I didn't even ask to see it. I didn't, I didn't want to hold it more than once. Yeah, it's very nice. I'm glad you have it. Yeah, a little better now. Uh, everybody Much loves it now. now. Yeah, everybody loves it now. Um, so there's, there's a... What you see, you have to look past, especially with a used gun. What you see, and depending on your level of, of crafting and creativity and all that kind of stuff and willingness to uh, to invest in the in the repair of the gun, what you see may not necessarily be what you wind up with. Because uh, you let's can just fix a lot. There you go. Let's, let's finish this thought because we were on the, the rust and the pitting, and let's move on to the receiver. Yeah. Um, receivers are a little different. The outside of the receiver, absolutely. Same as a barrel, okay? Watch for dents. Watch for bulges. The difference here is you, you're going to be a little more conscious of the depth of the pits, okay? Because the, the walls of a receiver vary greatly from manufacturer to manufacturer, um, and you, you're, you're going to want a little bit of metal on there. And if it's too deep, um, you're not going to feel comfortable with it. Uh, so just have a look at it. And the other thing you want to do is you're looking for any kind of, of rust or, or pits or anything like that is if it's an automatic or a pump gun is jack the action. And the reason for that is if there's a dent in there that you, you can't see really well, or it's been bounced around and it's underneath and you didn't get a good look at it, you're going to feel it in the action. It'll be a hiccup. It'll feel like it's catching somewhere. Somewhere. And uh, that that may or may not be easy to fix either. We really haven't run into a lot of that. The, Boy, not the, really. Yeah. The, the most we run into is either a deep rust or a deep pit in a receiver. We had a, a Browning BPS that had an awful lot of rust in it. 
and it was if it you, needed to be done as soon as we got it home. <laughs> if you if you if you'd have left that even for another year or two, yeah, I think you'd have it, you'd have uh, had a big problem with that gun. It, it would have have not done well. It, it's <laughs> mine, by the way. It, it, it's the one I wanted, but um, it's. Uh, we got it knowing that there was rust on it. We got it home. I wanted to see how deep it was, and we we uh, took it apart, got a really good look at it, and decided that it was fine to fix if we fixed it right now. Yeah, right and, now. And yeah. didn't let it get – because rust will increase, obviously, over time and moisture. So, anyway, that's the first thing that, that is going to catch your attention – Rust on the barrel is not a, on the outside of the barrel is not a problem. Inside the air, inside the barrel with pitting, mm, that's that's a make break decision up to you. There are people who can fix it. You can fix it. Uh, the tool to to uh, run that rod with the spring uh, pads on there, I think, is about thirty five dollars. Uh, you just attach it to a drill, basically an electric drill, and and spin it. Uh, inside the barrel that's that's how that works but we've just never felt really comfortable with that um all of those things dents pits rust scratches all bring the price of the weapon down um if if you just walk up and go oh that's nice and he's got a tag on there and you look and you know you're going to fix this and that tell him what's wrong with the weapon show him show him what you're looking at he may have a different perspective on it. He may be able to tell you something about the history of it. Oh, that was because it was kept in a, in a tie-down rack, okay? Um, you know, that's that's not a problem. And he may knock $25, $30 off the price of the gun. So rust is the first thing you're going to see. The next thing you're going to look at that's going to catch your eye uh, is, is going to be the wood. And uh, scratches, pits, breaks. All kinds of things. Uh, Sean Sean yeah. has has done a little bit better job at, at uh, pushing the envelope on some of those. <laughs> well, it's it's and we've we've normally always gravitated towards this, and and everyone else is is like this too. Some people like doing both and all that kind of stuff, but uh, Buana normally gravitates towards the steel and the action and the metal and the you know how's the trigger feel, how's the you know how's the action feel. Let's look at the rust. Let's look at the you know all that kind of thing, and then he will hand the gun to me, and all right, take a look. You know, let's let's look at the wood. Um, Wood is a a very funny thing, um, just because because there's metal is very, yeah. I mean it's movable and finite and all that kind He's of stuff. He's going to suggest that it's much less skill required to look at the metal than it is the wood. Um, is well, what he's suggesting. What I'm going to suggest is there's there's a lot more that can happen to the wood, um, in that is fixable than than steel, um, or you know we won't even get into the aluminum stuff or anything like that, but. Uh, things that just make it look terrible. I mean, just awful. And like steel always looks pretty good. I mean, whether it's silver or blue or black or whatever color it is, steel looks like steel, and you're like, yeah, that's good. You know, let's get some a little bit of rust on it. We'll wipe that off. We'll get some acetone in there. We'll get some whatever. We'll wipe that off. Wood can look horrible. Uh, it really can. I mean, we bought a gun once. Um, actually, we bought all several that just looked as ugly as hell. We bought uh, my favorite, my single shot. Um, <laughs> the freaking wood was green, y'all. I ain't playing. It was he. It was he green. would not do it. He he, <laughs> he did not want the gun. He loved the action, but he hated the color of the wood. And I finally told him that this particular maker, uh, who was not within the continental United States, 
Uh, it, it was, was an FIE. It was Brazilian. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was Brazilian. And I said, "You're you're not gonna you're not seeing the wood. You're not seeing the wood. If you'll strip that off, you're gonna find some beautiful grain and dark uh, rainforest oriented type wood underneath that." And he didn't believe me. I bought it anyway because um, it was a twenty gauge single, single shot, shot which, which we were looking for, and it was odd, which is really what I was looking for. And I'm like, well, if worse comes to worse, I'll just, you know, stain it or something, you know, because the old man's probably been drinking. <laughs> um, so, you know, we get home, we strip it. And, of course, he's perfectly correct. You know, it's it was gorgeous. It looks like an old Holland, you know, Holland and Holland. Uh, it, it's, it's just gorgeous. Um, Anybody who sees it from, let's say, about five foot away stops and asks. That's true. Is is that a Holland? Is that a Holland? Holland? What is that? What is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone. I, I've had it stop a, a gun, uh, a, a, a shooting range, a, a shooting range is stopped to come and look at it. Um, it's that it, it's it obviously old. Nobody can readily identify what it is. You know, when you look and holy crap, you know, and he would not have purchased it without me. My God! It's yeah. That's the takeaway. Uh, all that whole thing—that's the that's takeaway. It. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> but uh, wood can can, uh, especially if it's old or older. Um, what happens is a lot of times they use glazes and different products to to seal the wood and get a particular effect. And and over the different decades, they use different products for that. Um, if it's a particularly old shotgun, it can look very yellowed. Um, that's not the wood. That's the glaze. That's the the finish on it. Comes right off. Um, comes right off. You get to go down to Home Depot or Lowe's, get yourself some orange chemical stripper. Don't sand it. For God's sake, don't sand them. This is the biggest thing about fixing wood on shotguns. Don't sand it. All right? You sand to finish out. You don't sand to take it down. You use a chemical stripper. It takes 30 minutes. All right? In Texas heat, 30 minutes. Other places, probably an hour or two. But uh, it, it comes right off. And you're left with the bare wood, which I guarantee you, especially if it's an older shotgun, is in better shape than you thought it was. Anything you could buy today off the shelf. Right. New. Um, especially if it's from, uh, you know, 1975 and back, really. Mid-70s is, is really where they started kind of getting efficiencies into... The process and making them a little bit, you know, cutting corners, not cu- not cutting corners, but yeah, that's, cost that's savings. a little harsh. Cost yeah. savings, really. They also moved to different kinds of woods. Hard, sure. Hardwoods are, um, you know, a, a little expensive. So when you look at something like a a, a dark walnut or a walnut uh, versus a birch, for instance, um, there's a lot of difference in the price of that that wood. Now both are good pieces of wood. Both look well and do well on a shotgun. Both of them. Yep. Uh, but but it's solid as the day is long. Entirely but. different look of the shotgun, and when you strip that finish off of there, we have found some really interesting grain, some really interesting patterns, uh, because they were doing it, you know, in in a manufacturing environment. They didn't pay much attention to it, at least not at the grade shotguns that we look at. Uh, yeah, but but underneath there could be some really interesting pattern. And we we have found uh, the older the gun, the more interesting the pattern. Uh, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's actually a rule. We could we could say that's probably true. Yeah. You get a uh, gun from the fifties and sixties, 
It's a gorgeous uh, it still grain. shoots, by the way. You yeah, know, Winchester Model 12, been around for a long time. Uh, if, if it happens to be a look that you like, uh, you know, the, the wood on that is, is, can be just fabulous. And still holds up and is as sturdy and solid as the day it was made. Uh, same with the steel, which is why guns last so long. They call guns an investment. And a lot of times they'll outlive you. Unless there's a crack. Unless there's a crack. Like we said earlier, and that's a good segue into it, um, There, you know, the finish problems, there's nicks, there's scratches, there's dents, there's, you know, you've got stuff peeling, you've got Rubbing some, off of the checkering. Oh, it's, it can be bad. Um, now, the one thing you need to be careful about with this, all of that can be fixed, by the way. All of what I just named can Everything. be fixed. Checkering, Every bit of it. Bit, yeah, holes can be plugged, okay? Some very aesthetically, some like I do less aesthetically. <laughs> no, it's functional. But, but it's plugged, okay? Yeah. It's the same kind of wood, just not the same just shade. Not, yeah, it's a little darker here. It's not important, you know. Um, perfectly like smooth, gun, okay? By the, way. the gun's nice. Yeah, we both bought single shots. It's like, well, it's got holes in it, and yours is green, but other than that, they're great, you know? I think we walked out for under like $225 for both guns. For both guns, and we were tickled pink, by the way. They're some of our favorite guns to this day. Um, but there, there is one thing you have to be careful of with, with wooden stocks, and that's cracks. Some cracks are okay. Some cracks are very much not okay because you're going to wind up having a, a problem down the road. And one of the most common two cracks that you can get that are a problem is the first one is up by the neck, uh, up at the front of the, the, the stock um, near the trigger. If it is cracked vertically or, or horizontally, really. Doesn't really matter. Uh, in, it's cracked in, near in the that neck. neck. Put it back. That is the most stress that the shotgun is going to have. It is under the most stress, which is why stocks crack there. Um, they get a dent or a nick, and, and, it, and there's a lot of stress from when the, when the round goes off, and, you know, and it will eventually crack the wood. In some cases, if the wood had an internal stress or, or had some kind of internal problem or something like that, it was a bad piece of wood, it lasted for the first 30 years, but the next were bad, whatever. Who knows? It could have been any number of things, but if it's got a crack there and it goes all the way through, it's not a surface scratch, it's crack all the way through. You when we say all the way through, we mean into the wood, into the wood, past the finish, right? Not just does it go along an edge, you know, because that's just going to shear, right? Okay, so if it comes in and goes up like uh, uh, parallel to to the tang that's in the receiver, you know, if, down the length of the barrel, almost, you know, in that direction, it doesn't matter whether it's going into the shotgun horizontally or up the shotgun vertically. If it's got a crack, it's probably better off that you put it back on the rack. It will fail. It may not fail on the first shot. It may not fail on the hundredth shot. It will fail. It's coming. So we normally put, there was a beautiful little hat field that I wanted um, the other day, a couple weeks ago at a show. Uh, it was a little 20, it was perfect. It was 20 gauge. It was a folder. Uh, it was 135, 150 bucks. I mean, it was, and I had it in my pocket. I was counting, and I thought and about I it. I found a crack. And look at the neck, and it's got about an inch and a half crack in it, right at the neck, right behind the trigger. And it's like, well, we'll put it back. You know, that's you're done at that point. Uh, I, there's a lot of people. Oh, you can fix that. You can do uh, you know all these kind of things. I don't trust it 
to be honest, even with epoxy or, or something like that. I'll trust a screw with some glue in it. Yeah, uh, which is really tough. Really, on, when you get up on the neck, it's just it's really, really tough, tough to, do. to do, and it's really tough to 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 get that handled and all that kind of stuff. It's not like we haven't done it. We've done it, um, and it works, but but it's not something that we shoot all the time. Right, it's, it's something that we shoot occasionally, uh, and um, just kind of leave it at that. It's not something that that will, uh, you know, if we're we're sharing it with somebody, a a, a youngster or something like that, uh, you know, because he shoots all those twenties. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll normally let them shoot that, but uh, it needs to be smooth. It needs to be epoxied and screwed. Almost anything you can think of that's uh, going to require some work. And uh, you could be around a routed surface uh, because that's where it mates with the gun, the the receiver. So now cracks in the tail, maybe not as big a deal. Yeah, uh, that's uh, cracks in the forend or forearm. Maybe not as big a deal. They don't. They don't have that stress that they do at the neck, right? Um, I've. I've. I still have guns with cracks in the forehand, um, little ones, but whatever. And it doesn't make a deal. You know, you put a little epoxy on it, and who cares, right? Now, there is an exception, and the exception is price. Okay. Right. If because of the price, and the and the model of the gun. Okay, you have to consider that too. But if it's a fairly common gun. A lot of times you can pick up a replacement stock, and if you're willing to invest, if all your the price is low enough that you can pick up the gun, and you figure you can pick up either the the uh, butt end of the stock or a forehand for the stock off of eBay or or you know one of the other uh, internet sites, then that's a consideration. But if you're going to fix it yourself, it's uh, it's almost as much as a a, a pitted barrel inside, you know, I, we tend to just put them back on the rack. Yeah. Unless you just have to have it. Now, I have done that. Uh, the Wingmaster uh, that we mentioned before with the cuts compensator on it does. I did replace the forend on that. And it was because it's an eight. It's a Remington 870. It's a Wingmaster. They made literally millions of them. So it was pretty easy to find. I went on eBay. It was $35. <laughs> You know, and I put together that gun with, uh, you know, some new swivel mounts and a new, you know, uh, choke and all that kind of thing. And I had about $250, and what I was left with was a $400 gun. Uh, you can do that. You can. Uh, there's, but if it's a specialty and, and one makes a good point, price point, uh, you know, especially if you're paying, you know, retail prices for it, used or new, uh, you need to be careful on, on the condition and how much you're willing to pay for uh, problems in that gun. And as we've said, you can get them to come down depending on, and many factors go into that, how much they have in it, uh, how long they've had it, they may want to get rid of it. And we've had that, that as well. Like, look, if you're willing to take it right now, I'll come down this much, you know. Uh, it's the best I can do, but I, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of hauling it to shows. I'm tired of, you know, whatever it is. Um, it can be like that. Uh, conversely, it can be, it doesn't matter what condition it's in. They ain't moving on the price, uh, cause they know they can sell it eventually for whatever that is or more. So again, it depends on the gun and it depends on, on anything, but, but don't be afraid if you're buying a used shotgun, don't be afraid necessarily of how it looks right at first glance if it doesn't look quote-unquote new you know if it's not that shiny you know uh, uh new gun that you have in your head 
It can be. It absolutely can be. Uh, but I have found, at least this is my personal preference, and I realize I'm not exactly what you'd call normal but uh, in this regard. But I like to see the ones that I know I can fix these problems, and they've just jacked the price down because it looks like hell. I mean, Bonna's, uh favorite uh, is, I mean, when we first got that thing, it it was rough. It put the ug in ugly. <laughs> it was rough, rough looking. Uh, and now it's just as pretty as anything else we have in the stable, you know. But we've done a lot to it. I mean, we redid the stock. We've cut the barrel. We've re-blued the barrel. We re-blued uh, the whole gun, we, actually. We've polished the bolt. Uh, refinished the wood. swivels. Yeah. Put a pad on it. Yeah. <laughs> New pad, yeah. yeah that was very messy, by the way. I, <laughs> I, was not, I was not good with that particular pad. Yeah, that, he does not like doing uh, uh, grind-to-fit pads, but I do. I, I, I well, love we'll talk about pipe, how to but, fix them a little right. later. I mean, right well, now, that, we're that just talking be, about looking at them. Yeah, that might be the other end of this podcast, but yeah, r- looking at them, it's, it's, it may not be what you think but but look ahead i i swear to you you can look on youtube go go to any and and find these materials everywhere right go look on youtube go look on whatever and and find the techniques to fix these things i promise you they're out there it won't take much time you can see if especially if you're on a budget you know if you want to go down and buy a used satori for eighteen hundred dollars great more power to you go you know, there's plenty of them out there. Go, go to Cabela's into the room, the room of expensive, and pick one out. All right, which we love to look at. Oh, we love going. I mean, they got the Holland and Holland in there. It's like, well, how much is that? Twenty eight thousand dollars. Well, that's very nice. I'm not going to touch. No, pick it up. It's great. It's insured. It's fine. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. Uh, do that, and then we go to a gun show and buy a Wingmaster for 150 bucks. It looks like hell from 1950, right? So there's, but now that Wingmaster, that same Wingmaster that that I bought that was was pretty rough. I spent what about two weekends? Yeah, yeah about two weekends fixing it, buying parts and having them, you know, shifted the sling rings and the, you know, the new end I did on eBay and stuff like that. And then I I took the whole thing apart and everything. By the time I got it back together, it looked like a very well cared for older gun. And I saved tons on it. It's worth twice what I paid for it. If you don't count the sweat equity. And it, sh- and this is the part that, that I think is really the, the crux of it. If you have an old shotgun, you have a new shotgun. They shoot the same round. You're doing the same stuff with it. They work just fine. You you you're not going to a new shotgun isn't going to outshoot an old one. Uh, generally speaking, uh, they like uh, for example, and we keep using this because it's a good example. But uh, you buy an old 870 and a new 870. I have, in fact, I have a new 870. I have an, an Express. It's black. You know, it's got the black painted barrel and shit. Um, it's it's. It, it brand new out of the box out of the box it's one of the very few guns i have out of the box no difference i mean there's no difference okay there's it it shoots the same kind of shell it's the same kind of accuracy it's the i mean you look at you can look at them it's the same gun y'all it's it's don't be fooled cuz a lot of people tell, oh this is the new one you're going to be so much better with this you're going to like this so much better you may not and it's a lot easier to get into and out of if you if you feel like you need to an older weapon that you picked up. Yeah, whether whether yeah. it's a steel receiver or a cast receiver or whatever, 
it's just incredible uh, what a little bit of care and a little bit of time can do to an older gun. Um, we've we've enjoyed the hell out of them. Uh, we we really have. There's there's tons that 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 you can do. There's a lot more that, uh, especially if you get into it and you're like, you know, I like this gun for that, but you know what? I think it'd be a lot more fun if we did, if I did this with it. And I think this would work for that. I'm going to set it up like this now and you can completely change the damn thing. Yeah. The problem is sometimes you can't change them back. Okay? Yeah. You do, do realize that, uh, you can occasionally pick up a new barrel. Okay, <laughs> that, that you can do. That's the only way to stick more steel on it yeah. is to get a new one. Yeah, the, uh, they yeah. do have them at the gun shows, uh, but getting it to uh, I want this twenty eight to be a thirty two inch duck gun now. Well, yeah, that's you're not going to work for you. You're going to you're you're either going to get another one or you're going to get another barrel, chief. Uh, so there there is that. It's normally reductive process, right? But uh, there's a lot you can do, and there's a lot you can change, and there's. There's so many of them out there, and I swear to you, we've gone to dozens, dozens and dozens of shows now, and it is very rare that you will see the exact same mix of guns twice. I've never seen it. Yeah, it, it does It does shift, and it, it does shift from show to show. And, and here you're talking anywhere from uh, uh, one to two months between shows to six months. I mean, the, the Fort Worth Gun Show is, what, twice a year? Once, yeah. Once yeah. or twice uh, a year? Twi- twice a year. Twice a year, yeah. Yeah. So it, it just, it's incredible. The The variation depends on, you know, where the dealers are picking them up, uh, what they're doing with them. I think what uh, what I would like to suggest is is just reiterate what, what Sean said, which was don't let the aesthetics scare you. Um Functionally, if the gun is a fit, you like the look of it. Um, there's there's a lot you can do to to reblue, refinish, recheck, add, take off, replace. It's just uh, as long as you're not willing to to uh, to say this is it right now. I got it. <laughs> you're willing to put a little time into it and and a little bit of elbow grease. Boy, I tell you what, you can have a lot of fun with with something that you fixed up, for sure. Oh, it is it is my favorite. It is it is really my favorite to take something that isn't uh, isn't as as uh, aesthetically pleasing, and then it shows up even even with the same people who saw it months ago or something like that. Where'd you get that? That's the same one you made fun of last time. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I remember that gun. That was a piece of yeah. No, this yeah, isn't it. This is not it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I tell you what I think we'd like to do now is is uh, is is kind of shift here a little bit and uh, in the next part of it uh, I think we'd like to to talk a little bit more about what else you need to look at other than the the rust the pits the steel uh, start talking about things like sights and and uh, things like that fit and function uh, you know you can do believe it or not some of that at the show absolutely you can and uh there's there's a lot to it. Uh, there's also a lot to negotiations, as we said. There's a lot to um, finding, like what kind. Of, and, and this goes especially for older guns um, that we can talk about later too. Is uh, does it have the right choke system? Do they make that choke system anymore? Is it available? Is it cheap? What kind of ammunition is it? 
and and what you know the the different peripheries that you have for the gun is this going to be financially doable for you as you go forward um you know it may be great but if you can't find a choke for it you're screwed you know no pun intended uh, so there's, there's a, there's a lot for it. The, the negotiations go, go a little differently too. Um, so there's, there's some stuff we can talk about with that as well. And I think, so I think that's going to wrap us up, uh, for, for this one, we're going to do, uh, another, this uh, buying a used shotgun again, one of our favorite things. And we, we, <laughs> we have a lot to say about it. Uh, so we're going to kind of roll the rest of this into, uh, the next show. And we'll do buying a used shotgun part deux. We're also going to include buying a used shotgun for somebody else. That uh, is true. <laughs> because we've had to do that. I, <laughs> I, I, I really like what you have to say, but just can you go get me one of these and then fix it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it could be uh, something that you can't avoid, like a son yeah. or uh, perhaps a wife. Yeah. Uh, it can be all kinds of situations where you go, well, don't you want to come and look at it? No. No. <laughs> I just want to shoot. Just give me, the th- give me what I asked for. Yeah, but you won't let. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot to it um and but, don't spend more than that yeah oh man that's yeah that's that's, that's a, a wife good, yeah mm-hmm. that's a wife right there. kids let you spend all you want yeah daddy, it's not their money. sell yeah. the car man it's whatever <laughs> i want the pink one but but wives would like it for like ten dollars yeah that would be good can we use this coupon that counts it has a gun on it does that count you know it's it's rough out there y'all uh so but uh, we'll continue this. Uh, there's lots more to say, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Why do you got anything else for this one? No, I'm fine. All right. We'll see you guys next time. On behalf of Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.